Warning, me time and murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. What am I drinking? Americano. And for me time, we are doing something a little bit different. It was my husband's idea. Today, I am going to draw a picture. It will be in the background. I hope it's going well. <laughs> um, I'm going to draw on my iPad the victim of today's case, the murder of James Bulger. So it's a bit, it's a different me time, but I do like to draw and I thought it would be cute. So here is the famous picture of James Bulger. This picture was plastered all over the UK in 1993. I'm sure you recognize it and I'm sure most listeners and viewers know the story that I'm about to tell, but I've tried to go a lot deeper. We're going to take a deep dive. We're not skimming the surface. And I want to thank today's Patreon is Kirsty. Thank you for being a Patreon and requesting this deeply horrific case. <laughs> uh, I have been, I have been brought to near tears a few times. Um, during this. It's very upsetting. So thank you, Kirsty. Today we are in Liverpool, which is a relatively famous city in the UK. They are known for the Beatles, some football team. <laughs> and did you know that this was the place that the Titanic left from? And there's like a saying in Belfast that, well, the Titanic, she was fine when she left here. I don't know what those Liverpool boys did over there. But unfortunately, Liverpool is also known for one of the most infamous and brutal child murders of the 20th century. The murder of two-year-old James Bulger. This is quite a well-known and widely covered case, especially in the true crime podcasting world. I wanted to spend time talking about little James and give time to the victim. And I have, but unfortunately, you know, he had such a short little life. Um, there's not a lot to write about. Um, and it's part of the tragedy. James Patrick Bulger was born on the 16th of March 1990. In his short life, James was a curious, trusting and energetic little boy who loved everything Thomas the Tank Engine. In June 1988, Denise and Ralph Bulger lost their first child, Kirsty, who was a stillborn, a sadness the couple still carried when James was born. They named James after Ralph's father, who had died from cancer not long before James's birth. In their mid-twenties and prime, Denise and Ralph did plan on having more children, but for now, James was their whole world. He had large blue eyes, a beaming smile and sandy brown hair. James would be turning three next month. On the 12th of February 1993, two-year-old James Bulger, his mother Denise, her brother's fiancé, Nicola, and their little girl were out running errands 
in Liverpool's new Strand shopping centre. At the shopping mall, they had went to a photo, a photo developing shop, Marks and Spencers and Tesco's. And finally, they were at the butcher's to pick up some chops for the dinner. Ralph was not with them that day because he was installing a wardrobe. So the couple thought it would be best for James to go shopping instead of being around all the tools and wood and, you know, stuff like that. At the butcher's, the shop assistant sort of, like, messed up the order. And and so, for just a moment, Denise let go of James's hand so she could go in her purse and, and pay. And when Denise turned back round, James was gone. Like, can you even imagine how bad that would have been like it like parents let go of their children's hands all the time like I worked in a shoe shop there'd be a lot of kids in there getting like school shoes and stuff because kids grow so fast and you know the kids would just walk around the shoe shop right up to the door there'd be people in and out and you do give kids a lot of autonomy you know and whenever I worked in in the schools, obviously, drop off and pick up are usually quite busy and hectic. There's kids running around everywhere, toddlers crying. Like, you can't always hold your child's hand 100% of the time. But unfortunately, for Denise, she's one of the rare few that it happens to. And she let go of James's hand and the Bulger family their life changed forever. On that same fateful day, two 10-year-old boys were skiving off primary school. This was a regular occurrence for Robert Thompson and John Venables. They both hated school and they felt like outcasts. They acted out and were constantly in trouble by the teachers and they had both been held back a grade, which is of course embarrassing and frustrating. But instead of trying to catch up in their studies and, you know, work hard, they were skiving. And the boys thought it best to spend their time in the New Strand shopping centre, shoplifting and being basically pests, annoying people. Robert and John were spotted on CCTV shoplifting anything and everything they could get their hands on if the shop assistant wasn't watching. They stole... Sweets, fruit, batteries, pens, pencils, a troll doll, you remember those things, a can of blue modelling paint and makeup. They also stole a little wind-up soldier, little toy soldier, that they played with for a while, tossing down the escalator. Like, it's just so childish and boisterous, right? They were also spotted on CCTV teasing an elderly woman by poking her in the back and running off. They went into McDonald's where they climbed over all the chairs, causing a ruckus, being a nuisance, dirty in the chairs as well, I suppose. When shop assistants would ask the boys, why aren't you in school? The boys would reply, it's a school holiday. Them stood there in their school uniforms. But Robert and John's antisocial antics were to end there. 
or rather they were to escalate. These boys were about to skip years of escalated criminality and violence we see in other criminals. Like normally there's a progression, you know, they hurt brothers and sisters, cats, they tamper with arson and vandalism, burglary, and you know, uh, uh, gradually it gets more violent. These boys on this day just went from shoplifting a toy soldier and a troll doll to kidnapping a child. Like, in a day. The boys decided that they were on a mission to steal a toddler, joking about how much fun it would be to push a toddler into oncoming traffic. They spent the day at the Strand Shopping Centre observing little kids, little toddlers, and managed to coax one out of a shopping department. The toddler followed them for a few metres outside the department store until his panicked mother came running out and scooped him back up and you would think that this would be the opportunity for Robert and John to be like oh too much oh that was close let's just drop this and go steal another troll doll but they didn't the boys were undeterred they continued scouting for a toddler to steal that was when they spotted little James Bulger That was when they spotted little James Bulger. He was wearing a blue coat and standing in the doorway of the butcher's shop, eating a tube of Smarties. We know the exact time because it was caught on CCTV. At 3.42, Robert and John approached little James. John said, come on, baby, took him by the hand and led him straight out of the shopping centre. Robert and John walked James a quarter of a mile to the Leeds and Liverpool Canal, contemplating throwing him in. This is when they dropped James on his head and he suffered injuries to his face and head. Later, an eyewitness would corroborate this. Um, He said that he seen the toddler at the canal crying his eyes out. Robert and John took James on a two and a half mile walk around the Liverpool area. They were seen by bystanders along the way who did not intervene. These witnesses would later be referred to as, in like the newspapers and locally, as the Liverpool 38, shaming them for not intervening and looking the other way. The witnesses. The boys casually strolled past shops, halls, offices and parking lots. A motorist saw the boys pulling James against his will. He then seen Robert kick the child in the ribs. At a grassy knoll, a concerned elderly woman approached the boys. They said they had found the baby like this. She was very concerned and she told the boys to take the child to the nearby police station. And she gave them the directions on where to go. The two boys said, okay but then proceeded to walk in the opposite direction. When the elderly lady shouted after the boys, another lady approached her and said that she had seen the baby, the toddler, laughing earlier. And she supposed that the two older boys were probably just inexperienced older brothers. A similar event happened later. 
when a woman with a dog and a woman with a little girl approached the boys. Again, the boys said that they had found the child like this. They found the child. They found this sad little boy on his own, crying and asking for his mother. They had no idea what was going on. Then Robert let go of James's hand and started to look away, as if to relinquish James to the women. John snapped at Robert, get hold of his hand. The woman with the wee girl asked the woman with the dog to watch her daughter so she could bring the boys to the cops. But the dog lady refused. She said her dog didn't like these boys. What, like, what did that have to do with watch, like, watching the little girl? Uh, like, it's just, obviously she couldn't have known what was going to happen. But you've got a crying two-year-old and two ten-year-olds walking around, unaided. So then the boys just took off running and they shouted back that they were going to take the two-year-old to the police station. The boys then stopped at a store for sweets. Then they visited a pet store. Outside, a fire broke out and the boys stood for a while and watched that. Later, many drivers noticed the boys at a busy intersection. At the busy intersection, James was hysterically crying and tried to run away, running into the intersection. Before he could, Robert grabbed him and pulled him back. After this, the two boys encountered a couple of older boys that Robert knew. The older boys, they looked at the toddler and they were like, uh, who is he? And Robert said, oh, that's John's little brother. We're just taking him home now. According to the older boys, they said to Robert, if you don't take him home, I'll batter you. Later, John, Robert and James walked out of an alleyway. A witness remembers seeing James laughing. See, this was one of the problems is that he didn't always look like a kidnapped victim because the boys were playing games with James throughout the hours. It was now dark. Remember, it's February at about 5.30pm. The police station was to their right and Robert's home was to their left. They hesitated for a while, perhaps thinking, maybe we should bring him in. They had accomplished their goal of kidnapping. Maybe just call it a win and leave him off. But no, they decided not to leave two-year-old James in with the cops. The boys decided that they would go back to the railway line and this is when their day became much more violent. It was about to turn deadly. They then led the two-year-old up a steep embankment to the railway line. They found a hole in the fence and passed James through. This is where they would end James Bulger's life. If you are not in the right headspace to listen, this trigger warning will be over the whole torture and murder. 
the attack and murder of James occurred between 5.45 and 6.30pm. One of the boys threw blue paint, the blue paint they had stole from the shop earlier, into James's left eye. They kicked him, stamped him, threw bricks and stones at him. They pulled off his trousers and shoes and perhaps sexually assaulted him. They say perhaps because both boys have denied it and there's no proof, but James's foreskin was forcibly retracted backwards. They placed batteries inside James's mouth and perhaps put a battery in his anus. Although there would be none found there. Robert and John then dropped a 22 pound fish plate on James. This is a fish plate. It's the real of the railway line. Little James sustained 10 skull fractures. Thinking that they had killed James, Robert and John then led James's half-naked body with his waist across the railway track and weighted his head down with rubble and bricks. They were hoping that a train would come, hit him and it would look like an accident. After they laid James across the railway track, Robert and John ran off. After Robert and John left the scene, their plan unfortunately did happen. A train came and cut little James's body in half. Isn't it like one of the most brutal murders in general? In general, not that it's just to a child that makes it more tragic, but it is very brutal way way to be murdered, tortured to death, and then so callously left left on the railway to be then allow a machine to destroy his body even more in the hopes that it will clear you of any suspicion. It's just so bad it's just so bad so let's go back to the shopping center where we left Denise back at the shopping center as Denise went to leave the butchers she found her two-year-old son was gone she ran back inside and screamed I was only in the shop a few seconds I turned around and he'd gone Denise was directed to the security office where she described her son. He was wearing a blue coat and grey sweatpants. His little t-shirt had the word naughty printed on it. And his blue wool scarf had a little cat printed on it. Security wasn't alarmed. It was normal for kids to go missing in this big mall. And... And so routine to make announcements over the intercom. But this time, no one responded. Denise and Nicola ran around the shops, searching frantically for James. Denise was losing it by the minute. She was crying and screaming, asking everybody in all the shops had they seen her little boy. 
And again, they went back to the security office, but still there was no James. At 4.15pm, they went to the police station to report James missing. And meanwhile, Ralph has absolutely no idea what's going on. He's just building his wardrobe. And of course, this is 93. There's no mobiles, no internet. Denise had left a voicemail on the house phone, but like he just he just didn't check it. Like you, you didn't know what was going on. After he was done with the wardrobe, he went to Denise's mum's house to meet back up with his wife and son, as was planned. When he got there, Denise wasn't there. Denise's mum told him, we left you a message, James is missing. Ralph freaked and raced to the police station. Police rigorously interviewed the couple to establish if they had anything to do with James going missing, which is, of course, standard and very important procedure for them to take. When Denise and Ralph were reunited, Denise just broke down into tears, as you would. She tried to relay the events to Ralph, but was crying and apologising to Ralph. She had so much guilt. And it's not her fault. James's appearance made that evening's morning news. And immediately calls poured in of people seeing the child with two other boys that day. At midnight that night, police watched the security footage from the Strand Shopping Centre to see if they could find a glimpse of James's abductor and were surprised to see two blurry images of young boys. These blurry images of James with two young boys was plastered across Liverpool News and everybody was surprised that it was two little boys. You know, they were sure. They were thinking, they were thinking the worst. Surely a paedophile has taken little James. Um, And Denise and Ralph were relieved. They thought, oh, thank God, it is a prank gone wrong. These boys, they'll return James. What do they want with a two-year-old? They thought, he's going to be all right. Since James had still not turned up the next morning, the canal was dragged and divers were in looking for him or evidence of him. Denise and Ralph made a public plea on TV, pleading that the boys return their son safely. This was when the police released the images, the CCTV stills of the two boys with James. They also released footage that showed like sort of their face, but it's still hard to see concretely who that child is you know that could be any little boy but they had to hope that somebody would recognize something like somebody has to put it together so like somebody has to put it together these are little local boys who've skipped school it has to fall into place two days later james's severed little body was found by four little boys who were searching 
for their football up on the railway line. His upper body was hidden within the coat, but his lower half of his naked body had been dragged further down the train tracks. Unfortunately and horrifically, this created like sort of two crime scenes. At the crime scene, police found James's blood-soaked underwear. At the crime scene, police found James's blood-soaked underwear. They found the batteries and the tin of blue paint. The fish plate, bricks and stones, all with blood on them. In the end, James had suffered so many injuries, 42 in total, that it was impossible for the pathologist to pinpoint which blow was the final blow. His injuries were mostly to his face, head and neck. There was fractures, cuts and bruises caused by blows from heavy blunt instruments. Although there was no conclusive evidence indicating sexual assault, specialists believed that some of the injuries were were sexual were sexual in nature as well as the fact that he didn't have his trousers or underwear on. Later a pathologist would testify that James died before he was struck by the train and in a way it's hard to know what's better there's no better really is there but he didn't James didn't die during the attack either James died at some point while lying on the train track John and Robert had left him alive they left him there to die while they saved themselves and that is where I will leave you for today what a brutal ending (laughs) next episode I will be covering the hunt for the suspects the interviews the trial and the sentencing thank you again to today's patreon patreon patron Kirsty. thank you for requesting this case it is nice it we are we are revisiting it is there's a lot more to the story than i remembered and it's It's good to review it and revise it, I think. And thank you to Shirley Lynn Scott, whose article I heavily took from. Um, She did a very, very deep dive. I think it was back in 2007 or something like that, 2010. So that's where I got a lot of my information. Okay, and I will see you on the next one. Slan.